Welcome back to the Connect Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. If you haven't subscribed yet, what's wrong with you? Go ahead and do that so you can be uh, alerted to when we drop another episode of the Connect Podcast. So uh, joining me today is Logan Miller. Hello. Logan is the worship leader for River Valley Christian Fellowship, and he just so happens to be my son. Little father son podcast episode. <laughs> Little father son like podcast. It. And uh, I, I don't know. I'm hoping that um, I, I can sleep tonight because I, you and I are eating these dark chocolate espresso beans. Uh, DeAnthony, uh, one of the guys on staff here, bought me a whole bag of these choc- <laughs> these dark chocolate espresso beans. I've never seen them before. Um, not these kind. Uh, half the bag is already gone. That's not from today, is the it? The other night, I didn't get to sleep till about 3 a.m. No. So I've had to figure out, what is the timing of the last bean I can eat? And I, I'm not sure that I've hit the sweet spot yet. i got to be honest, it's probably before 5. <laughs> it probably is before 5. And we're after that right now. Yeah, so. I think there's a difference of, you know, brewing hot water through grounds instead of just eating the entire bean by the handful. Well, yeah. Oh, you think there is a difference? There, there yeah. may be. Okay. I don't know. I'm not sure how many milligrams these guys say, but... Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. But they are delicious. Look, look, the reality is any of you milk chocolate people right now are listening to this podcast, just turn it off right now. Just go. Just, just, just go. Um, we don't want your patronage. No, no. It, it's... But dark chocolate? Oh, come on. Come on. It's the food of heaven. It is. And then you add a little coffee bean in there. It does get better. The only only thing that might make it better is if you could squeeze just a little bit of peanut butter in there. Oh, they should come up with that. Could you? I wonder if they... Like a hybrid Have you ever had like a dark chocolate coffee or espresso bean with peanut butter in there? No, but I could dip it I in a peanut know. butter jar, and I think it'd be fine. I think so, too. <laughs> I think it would be awesome. That sounds good. Well, hey, uh, enough of that. Enough of that. That's what um, a little caffeine gets you. If nice anyone's little, still listening. Nice sidetrack to start with. Yeah. <laughs> hey, by the way, uh, if you're listening to this, uh, what would help us out is if you would share this podcast with your friends, or if you would leave us a nice rating in Apple Podcasts. If it's not nice, don't leave it. No, a nice rating is five stars. Yeah. That not four and a half. Don't do that. Just go for the five. Be can you do halves? I think you can. On Apple Podcast? I think you can. Why would you do that? I don't know. Come on. It's five. You know it's five. We only, yeah, we only have like 10 reviews right now. They're right. all five. Where else are you going to so get this great A banter? Do not mess up that trend. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, uh, it's great to have you, uh, Logan, join me. And, um, Hey, we started a new sermon series on Sunday. We did. Uh, did you listen to the sermon? I did. Did you really? Thrice. Oh, that's okay, right. Like, okay, like one and a half times, if I'm being honest. One and a half times. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, so uh, so we started this series. It's called Set Apart. Uh, and the subtitle, which we don't always give subtitles to this series. I like but, it's a byline. It's like a movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's called Resisting the Cultural Current. And, you know, one of the things that the Lord has kind of uh, just been impressing on me over the last several months and weeks is really considering what kind of witness is the church having uh, to our world right now Mm. in the seasons we're living? Because we're living a bunch of seasons 
All at uh, once. Collectively. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we're, if you don't know, if you, you know, if you just got back from the moon and didn't know we're in an election season. Then go back. Yeah. 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 <laughs> if you can get back there, yeah. it might be wise to yeah. go back. Uh, but, you know, we're living all these seasons of uh, election season, a uh, pandemic season, a new way of gathering as the church season, uh, a new way of doing school season, a new way of working for some people. Mm-hmm. Some people are working remotely in a way that they've never done before, and that's extended now throughout the summer, now into the fall, and maybe with no end in sight. Uh, but what's interesting is um, Solomon in Ecclesiastes says, for everything there is a season. And a time for every matter under heaven. I, I think we all know that by life experience. The problem is we're not, we're not used to enduring all of these collective seasons at the same time. Right. And so I, I don't know. I, I think, uh, what do you see? I, I think that because of that, there's a, there's a fair amount of pressure that's being applied to the church and its witness uh, both uh, with the pandemic and mm-hmm. then uh, the racial issue, uh, and then you place on top of that protocols uh, uh, that are needed for the gathering of the church and uh, the timing of the gathering of the church, and do we, you know, all of that together. Yeah. Um, what do you think has, uh, has it, what's it exposed, do you think? Yeah, I think uh, maybe some of the tendencies and patterns that we're um, liable to to live in, uh, in in times of of peace and in times that are easier. I think some of maybe our our, our less um, idyllic um, characteristics have started to come out. Uh, I think during um, pandemic, just all the extra tension. Uh, I think it can be a show of character for us, and I think it it can really show us what we're made of. Um, and if you've been on Facebook recently, I'm not sure it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, because sometimes it exposes some wonderful things uh, about, uh, you know, when we are tested and challenged, it, it can bring out some wonderful, a wonderful good. Um, because, you know, in crisis, we begin to um, maybe see our neighbor that we haven't seen or think of, uh, in a different way or innovate in a different way that that begins to meet real needs of people um, that uh, maybe we haven't seen right. or uh, felt in a while. At the same time, yeah, you're right. I, I think that it can also expose some some things that may may look a lot less like Jesus, right? Honestly, um, because I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think sometimes. Um, I think especially in this season, I don't know that I've ever in my lifetime seen a, a time that is so politicized where every issue, small and great, is politicized both inside and outside the church. You know, for the, the church has been somewhat insulated from, um, you know, that for, I think, quite some time or at least to some degree, uh, but not now. No, <laughs> you know it, it's the politicization is is has reached far inside uh, the church and and it's made it's it's made uh, made a um, a real mess of things. I agree, and I think I think it shows you know when when we latch to things that are not um, 
everlasting. When we latch to things that aren't eternal, um, they disappoint. And, and if your foundation is shaky, you're liable to be anxious uh, and reactive. And I, and I think there's some of that perhaps going on now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anxious, reactive, angry, mm-hmm. all of that together. Um, because, um, you know, you know it, it's, we, we are called as a church to be different, and and so we're we're not called to disengage from from culture or community or um, I don't believe you know we're we're not called to head to the the hills, um, but we are we're called to engage. But we're still we're still called to engage in a way that um, is Christ like that reflects the one that we follow, and. If Jesus is indeed the one that we follow, then as his apprentices, as his disciples, we then are to love the way he loved and to speak the way he spoke and to be gracious the way he was gracious and to be compassionate and merciful and faithful and loyal as he was and to resist sin, which includes reactions like you were talking about, right. which which includes anger and um, hate and all of that. Um we're to resist that, yep. and uh, we're to um, seek righteousness as Jesus himself was righteous. But, you know, I, I think as the church, our witness right now is at stake, and, and I don't know, uh, you know, I, I don't know um, if, the, if the culture, and I'm speaking specifically of the American uh, culture, is seeing the witness of the church as they should be seeing it. And of course, we know that the media amplifies things and they distort um, and they're not showing the good the church is doing and the love that the is being shown to neighbor. Uh, we know that. Hmm. At the same time, I'm afraid that we, the church, also are giving many justifications of, of a negative view and a negative witness for Christ, I, be, I believe, you know, based on how we... And, I mean, it really begins on how we treat each other. Yeah. If we're not treating each other very well, how in the world can we love our neighbor? Right. Or how can we love our enemies, as Jesus has called us to, to love our enemies and to do good to those who persecute us? Are you kidding me? Right. When we can't even be good to the people who may be sitting down the pew from us, uh, singing the same songs, reading out of the same Bible, and yet we have different views on other peripheral things. Um, like you said, are temporary things, not eternal things. Right. Eternal things, we might be lined up, lined up shoulder to shoulder, ready to die on a hill for those things. But when it comes to, you know, when it comes to other peripheral things, political things, perhaps we are uh, in different camps. But look, if we can't even treat each other kindly, yeah. gently, respectfully, then um, the <laughs> the outside world is watching that as well, and and so I, you know, I, I think that we're we're always faced as a church when our witness is at stake with two options, and one of those is to either we're going to follow Jesus and his teachings despite what what it does to our cultural standing. Or we're, um, and the opinions that others may have for us, or whether we're going to end up on the right side of Caesar. Right. Um, or we're going to follow the cultural current, and we're going to look exactly like, <laughs> we're going 
where the culture is going, right. which is yeah, which is division and hate and contempt and and all of that. And I think that comes back to what we consume through these seasons too. If if all we're consuming is is the culture and the messages we see, which are not overly positive, uh, if that's what we're consuming, that's more than likely what we're going to reflect. Mm-hmm. Very true. I, I think it's important for us to re- realize that. That Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount uh, has given us uh, responsibilities mm-hmm. uh, as his witness to the world. And in the Sermon on the Mount, he called uh, those that were sitting in front of him, which was this crowd of ragtag group of people. These were not the political uh, connected Sadducees that he's speaking to or the devout law-abiding um, Pharisees. He, he's he's talking to people who are just trying to eke out a living with their hands, and yet he looks at them in the face and says, "You are the salt of the earth and the light of the world." And you know those metaphors, I think, are are very powerful, and they speak to the responsibilities as followers of Jesus that we are called to. Right. And. Um, I like what Sky Jatani said in his book, uh, What If Jesus Were Serious? I think that's what it's called. He said, um, as, as speaking of the, of the salt, he says that uh, as salt, we are called to a defensive responsibility to prevent evil, to slow or stop the spread of injustice. Because salt in Jesus' day, of course, there was no refrigeration. Salt was used as a preservative and so what was Jesus implying? That the people sitting in front of him and, and, of course, us by extension as followers of his, we are to slow the decay in our culture. We're to slow the evil in our culture. We are to live as salt in life. And as Jatani says, we are to slow or stop the spread of injustice. This is a defensive responsibility. So as salt of the earth, as salt of the earth, I mean, we, that's, we partner together uh, with organizations and with people who are engaged on the front lines of those who are being exploited, those who are where there is injustice happening, we're, we're, ju- we're, we're standing in the gap as, in this defensive responsibility as salt of the earth. But he also says that we're light of the world. You know, we, we as Christians, as followers of him, illuminate the good, the goodness of Christ, the character of Christ. And the only way to illuminate the character of Christ um, is to be engaged with others as, as we are the light of the world. I mean, salt cannot be a preservative if it doesn't touch the thing it's meant to preserve. Right. We have to be in proximity to people. To be light of the world, we have to be in proximity to people. Right. And our witness then is, is to the people around us, um, starting in our homes and uh, our workplaces, our neighborhoods, our our yeah. churches, our community. And I think this year being what it's been, I don't think it's been void of opportunity uh, to do those things. And maybe even more so uh, than before. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, Jatani says uh, to be light of the world, he calls being salt of the earth our defensive responsibility. But in uh, he says that like light, we have an offensive responsibility as light of the world to spread truth and goodness and beauty to advance the qualities of God's kingdom. Mm. So what are the qualities of God's kingdom? (laughs) 
This is the fruit of the Spirit, love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. These are the qualities of God's kingdom, loving our neighbor as ourself. Um, we are to spread this. We are to spread this out through our lives, being those who have been called from darkness into light, from those who were aliens and strangers who've been made citizens of the kingdom and now indwelled by the Spirit, we are now to be witnesses of Him as salt, slowing the decay in our world, which there's every part of our world, of course, according to Genesis 3, has been touched by sin and therefore is in decay, in a process of decay. So as salt of the earth, we are stepping into that. We're, it's our desire to slow injustice and stop injustice and slow evil and stop evil and as light of the world to advance the qualities of God's kingdom. And that's all of our responsibility individually, but also collectively as the church. Right. I, I like what John Stott said. John Stott says, you know, he says that um, we should never put our two vocations to be salt and light our Christian social and evangelistic responsibilities over against each other as if we had to choose between them. We should not exaggerate either nor disparage either at the expense of the other. Neither can be a substitute for the other. The world needs both. He writes, it is bad and needs salt. It is dark and needs light. Our Christian vocation is to be both. Jesus Christ said so, and that should be enough. I love that. Yeah. That's rich. Yeah, he says, Jesus Christ said so, and that should be enough. And then, but then what I've seen over the last few months, I'm just wondering if it is. Just because Jesus said so, is has it been enough? I guess. So, what do you what do you think? What are think What do you think are some ways as as uh, Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ, practical things that you know people listening to this podcast to say, yes, I agree. You know, these responsibilities are not just someone else or the yeah. church collectively that I can just sit back and observe, but I, how do I engage? I think, so So one person that I've enjoyed following over the last few years is a guy named Bob Goff. And so he wrote the book, Love Does, um, followed by the book, Everybody Always. And Bob is a hysterical human being. He is kind of a living cartoon. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and the reason I say that is because he does everything like he's been given permission. Um, and, and I think that's why he's had such a great impact as well for the gospel is because he just goes after loving people like he's been given divine permission, which, by the way, we have. Yeah, we, we do have permission, <laughs> yeah. don't we? Yes. And I, I, I really think that sometimes just because of the flow of the culture and social norms, we, we kind of get stuck in that flow. And, and we do limit ourselves in ways when, in all reality, that, that highway is wide open. Um, and so, so here's a thought. I mean, if anything's come to your mind uh, while listening to this, if, if there's been an opportunity, a person that you think, you know, maybe I can just give them a call and encourage them. Why don't you just pause this and call them? You, the stoplight is already green. Uh, I remember we talked about this a few years back in, mm -hmm. in the sermon series. Um, yeah. Or the title of that series, but um, but I think if we can latch on to that idea that uh, you don't have to wait for anybody to say, and I think sometimes we get caught in that cultural thought too. If I just need a sign, if I just had a sign, I could go and do that. Um, well, what if he didn't need it? Right. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, so what if what if there's that coworker who you've been having conversations with, uh, and you've kind of felt the inkling that maybe you could take that to the next step and and share your perspective, share your faith, and you just haven't because it's scary. What if you just did? 
Um, mm-hmm. Another uh, moment that is not, um, maybe you've seen the movie, uh, We Bought a Zoo. <laughs> This is kind of a random uh, thing, but uh, there's Matt Damon's character. He was talking about the first moment he saw his wife and he just told himself, all I need is 20 seconds of insane courage. And you just (laughs) never know, you know, the outcome and the impact you could have. And of course, he married the woman and everything. But what if we could just take those outlooks of living like we have permission to love those around us and act when we feel led to act? And what if we could, even in those mundane moments, I see the same people every day. Uh, on a pretty regular basis and chances are you do too um so what if we could just take that 20 seconds of courage and go that extra step uh and just see what the lord might do Uh, i think right now um people are maybe more receptive to those things than we would give them credit for and i think that if we would just be faithful and and see that through i i just think um we could really be salt and and through that and as a result of being salt i think the light will follow yeah that's really good i love bob goff i love his book love does i haven't read the other one mm-hmm. uh that's excellent uh what was the movie quote what was the movie from yeah we bought a zoo have you seen that yeah we bought a zoo it's I a think... good retirement idea if you think about it we could a good retirement yeah. are you saying for me yeah yeah think about it we could just tiger king this thing <laughs> Just move out of town. We could just slowly <laughs> get some koalas, a couple of monkeys. Uh, it could be a whole thing. Carol Baskin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did you see she's going to be on Dancing with the Stars? Uh, I think she is on Dancing I'm with the Stars. I'm not going to watch that. Yeah. I'm not going to watch one second of that. Yeah, no. Um, I, I haven't and will not. No, no but but I, but I that movie is great. It's it's such a it's a good example of just going for it. Yeah. Um, taking well, a leap. I, yeah, I think you're right. I think we complicate um, things too much. Sometimes when we talk about being salt and light, we think of maybe something, doing something extraordinary, something that takes a lot of planning and time and money and all of that. And it's really just life. It's just sharing our life with others in a way that is is compelling and winsome and... Um, and points to Christ. Right. It does not have to be Instagram-ready moments. It it really doesn't. No, and most of the time, it's it's better if it's not. Right. Uh, people want real. They want authentic. And when we're sharing our life, and we're sharing our hurts, and we're sharing our hang-ups, and we're sharing our habits, and our stories, and our faith stories, and how Christ has been present with us in our darkest moments, or our highest joys, um, all of that together... Um, is a means by which we can be light um, of him to our world. Mm-hmm. And so I, yeah. I love what John Tyson said. He said in his uh, book, Beautiful Resistance, I've been reading this as a kind of an outline for this series, and he says, the joy and satisfaction that come from being faithful to Christ will always be richer than the mere ease that comes from drifting along cultural currents. That's excellent. Yeah, it is. That's excellent. So... So when we find out that there's greater joy and greater satisfaction by being faithful to Christ rather than exchanging him for what we think the culture is going to promise us or some political party is going to promise us or some some cause is going to promise us, when we find that our joy and satisfaction in Christ and being faithful to him is going to provide what we need and what we've been looking for all along, it will help us to identify, to see, and to resist the cultural current uh, and where it's leading. So that's my prayer for, for, for all of us. Well, I think this would probably have been 10 minutes longer without the dark chocolate 
espresso beans. Yep, I agree. I agree. <laughs> and I, I could have more, honestly. I think I talk faster. People are going to think that they accidentally hit the speed up button. Have you ever done that? That's right, yeah. The one, one time, right. one and a half or whatever. Yeah. When you really want to get through Well, this hopefully we didn't sound like chipmunks. Um, that would be exciting. Well, it would be different. It would be different. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thank you for joining, uh, joining us today on the Connect Podcast. We trust that you will uh, tune in next week. We're going to be talking about what it means to choose worship over idolatry uh, next week. And so we're going to talk about what idolatry is. How do we discover it in ourselves? How do we displace it from our lives? What is the allure of idolatry? Uh, it's not just something ancient that happened a long, long time ago uh, and has no relevance or impact to our lives today. No, in fact, we can make anything an idol, and we do. So we're going to be talking about all of that uh, next week. I hope you'll join us on the Connect Podcast. Thanks, Logan, for joining me today. Thank you. All see right. See you next time.